Well, welcome this morning to New Life Church. I want to say hi to all of you who are present in person. Those of you online, we say welcome today. So glad you are with us. So thankful you're joining us today. Listen, if you are new and you haven't been with us in the last week or so, we started a new Christmas Advent sermon series last week called Prepare Him Room. And we're going to continue in that vein uh, today. I'm going to invite you to open up Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. We're going to look at Matthew's take on the birth of Jesus as it pertains to Joseph. If you're using your smartphone or another thing like that, another device, just sum your way through to Matthew's Gospel. And as you're getting there, I'm going to read a verse out of the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, that It says this, he prophesied and he said, Hey, all right, the Lord himself will give you the sign. He said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Isaiah prophesied that nearly 700 years before the birth of the Messiah, before the birth of Christ. Now, scholars have shown and have studied and said that there are 108 prophecies that were fulfilled through the birth and the life of Jesus, okay? Interesting story. Way back in 1958, there was a renowned math and astronomy professor by the name of Peter Stoner, who calculated the probability of just eight of those 108 prophecies to be able to come to pass, okay? He did the math, and he concluded that the probability of just eight of those 108 prophecies to come to pass about Christ was one in 100 quadrillion. You ever heard of that term, quadrillion? One in 100 quadrillion. That's one with 17 zeros. I don't know about you, but I love to have that kind of amount in my bank account. Anybody else? I mean, you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to do with with a few exceptions. But the probability, he said, he, he just did the math, the science. One in 100 quadrillion. One with 17 zeros. That doesn't even fit on like a normal calculator. It reads error at the end if you try to type that in. So it shows us that certainly Christmas, the birth of Christ, was a complete miracle. Now we probably think that already most of us do. Or maybe we kind of have forgotten that that was indeed a miracle. The birth of Christ was so significant, and it was miraculous. Now, the researcher group, Barna, George Barna and his team did some research and, about, and gave us some, a statistic on a study that children ages 5 to 13 have a 32% probability of accepting Christ. Ages 14 to 18 have a probability of 4%. And 
And anyone who's not a Christian by the age of 19, their studies showed they only have a 6% probability of ever accepting Christ for the rest of their life. So the Bible speaks about looking to the Lord, turning to the Lord, opening your life up to the Lord while you are a youth, while you are young. Because let's just face it, you get to a certain age and we kind of get stuck in our ways. Nobody's going to admit that today. But we kind of get stuck in our ways. Not that it's impossible the older you get, but the probabilities of that happening certainly go down due to a lot of different parts of, of that equation. And so... Preparing room in our life, making room in our hearts for Jesus, opening up ourselves intentionally to the King of Kings and His kingship and His lordship and His kingdom life and way of living and approaching life out of 31,200 verses. All of this is about pointing us King Jesus. All of this is about pointing us to the Savior of the world. All of this is about pointing our life into the, into the direction where Christ will reign and Christ will rule in our lives. That prophecy from Isaiah, 700 years before it came to pass, and that puts the whole notion and the, the season that we're in, Advent, waiting, hopefully, waiting expectantly for his arrival. And so preparing room in our life for for Christ, making room in our lives is so, so significant. And when we do open up our life to him, he has a way of bringing so much to it. Last week, we talked about the thrill of hope and how when we open our life up to God and we make more room for him, he has a way of filling us And Scripture says, overflowing us with hope. No doubt we we need hope. No doubt humanity needs hope. And today we're going to look at peace. When we open our life up to God and we make room for more of Him, He brings peace. He brings peace. You know, the soul longs for peace. The human soul longs to be at peace, peace within, peace with others, peace with God, ultimately, peace. Our souls long to just be at peace because we know what it's like to not be at peace when we're agitated, when life has gotten us rattled and, we're, and, and things have not gone according to plan and we kind of can get in a certain uh, state of frustration and irritation and and maybe fear or maybe worry or maybe doubt or whatever it might be that kind of sets us on edge and peace is what we long for. I want to read you a few scriptures. You can follow along on the screen and if you're watching online it'll show you but just peace scriptures. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you? No, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16, these things Jesus said, I have spoken to you that in me you may have 
peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Why would he say that? But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He overcame. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Starting to see the connection here. Peace is through Christ and in Christ. Colossians 3, 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. And Isaiah 26, 3, says this about the Lord, you will keep him in perfect peace. Keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because that person trusts you. And Isaiah 9, 6, another prophetic proclamation from Isaiah, he said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince peace. Folks, peace is possible. Peace is attainable. But peace, true peace, is not found in earthly measures. Peace within can only be found when we have peace in and with our Lord. That's where peace comes from. When the world is rattled, when things are frazzled, when life is not going like we want, things aren't turning out the way we had hoped, you run into a a, a roadblock, you run into a dead end, this is going on, this is happening, plans interrupted, peace. Peace. We're going to look at Joseph and how he received peace when he made room, when he prepared room in his life for the Lord. This is the earthly Jesus, or excuse me, the earthly Joseph, the one who was the father of, of, about to be married to Mary and all that. So let's look at that. Matthew 1, 18. I've taken the liberty, what I've done, I'm going to, just four thoughts I want to share with you about making room preparing room in our hearts, preparing room in our lives for for Jesus. I've taken the word room and created an acronym out of it, okay? R, Joseph removed clutter from his life. We're going to look at that. Verse 18 says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit And Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph approached with this new thing that just came up. I'm about to be married to Mary, and come to find out, she says she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Say, what? And how do I know? I mean, this is not the way things are supposed to happen. I've got a life planned. I, we've got this, these dreams, and we've got this little home we're going to 
live in. We, got, we just got these, uh, my 401K is not where it's supposed to be. You know, things like that. And here, it, it, you're, what? Here it is. Joseph had a plan of his own, but God had his plans. Joseph had a plan to fix this quietly, but God had a plan to quietly fix Joseph. And so, what did Joseph have to do? He had to remove some clutter from his life. Now, clutter is not necessarily those, those objects in, in, that we can fix or that we can pick up and move. Like, you go to clean out an old bedroom and rearrange it. That, I'm not talking about just that clutter. The word clutter goes deeper, and it means chaos and confusion. Remove some of the chaos and remove some of the confusion from your life. And what did, how, how, did, how, did he, how did he do that? Well, he began to wrestle with thoughts. He began to wrestle with voices going on. Anybody ever have those kind of things going on? Nobody's going to label you cray-cray today if you admit that. But you've got all these conversations going on in your mind. And you're, you're role-playing and you're thinking through. And, and all these thoughts are happening. What, what will family think? Joseph perhaps was thinking, man, what's, what's, what's family going to be thinking of this? I mean, if I go and tell them this outlandish story, I mean, come on. What, what are the people, what are our friends going to think? What are, what's the townsfolk going to think about what's going on here? What are our friends going to assume here in, in all of this thing, in this situation? And, and even wrestling with his own self, his own will in the matter. You see, he had this, this chaos and fusing and conflicting thoughts going on. He's trying to search, he's trying to find an answer, trying to find some peace in the midst of, of what was happening right here. And it kind of reminds me of some, of, of actually in Joseph's lineage, all the way back to Joseph, or back to Jacob, that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that Jacob, he got a, he had to wrestle with some things. And he wrestled with God. It said that he got alone with God. He was by himself trying to sort out his issues, trying to sort out the next move that he should make. And he wrestled with God all night long, and jo J uh, Jacob was a stubborn one. And God touched his hip and caused him to have a, a limp moving forward. He, it literally changed his walk, changed his disposition all the way around. But listen, and, and that, that Jacob ended up having 12 sons, one of them being Judah, meaning praise, and out of Judah's line came David the king, the slingshot-throwing shepherd. The one who wrote a lot of the Psalms. The one who wrote Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart after on the heels of wrestling with God. David wrestled with some things. And he prayed that repentive prayer that changed and that turned his life completely around, changed his dynasty all the way around. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast, loyal spirit within me. And now Joseph, all the way down, now to this Joseph, wrestling in a way with the Lord, trying to sort through confusion and, and, and chaos. And how are we going to make it happen? How are we, how are we going to play this? How, how are we going to work this out? Here he was. Think about it. Every generation has to wrestle with God. 
There are people in every generation, all of us, we have to come to terms and we, we will wrestle with things. We will wrestle when life is, is, is confusing. We will wrestle when life is crazy. We will wrestle when life is, is chaotic. We will wrestle in these issues, trying to sort it out, trying to gain some kind of peace of mind. And that's where, jo- that's where Joseph found himself. Life had Joseph rattled. Anybody ever been rattled before? Life had Joseph rattled. Life can get us rattled. I think we've been being rattled for like this whole year. 2020. What? See ya. What wanna be ya? Politics got us rattled. Pandemic got us rattled. People got us rattled. Our personal issues got us rattled. We got rattle going on. So what do we do? Like Joseph, what do we do when we're rattled, when life has us perplexed, when we're in this place? What do we do? Well, I think like Joseph, we can follow in his footsteps, follow in his pattern of, I need to just get quiet with God. Out of the blue the other day, Thursday it was, uh, the Lord just spoke to me and he said, I just want you to sit and I just want you to be quiet. And so I did. And I watched the clock tick, tock, tick, tock. And I'm like, okay, how, how long do you want me to do this? Because I got stuff I got to be doing. Like I got a sermon to prepare for. I got people to go talk to. I got some tasks I need to check off, you know. And he just wanted me to get quiet and not even say anything and try to make myself not even think anything. Thirty minutes was how long that was. Now you would think, man, I'd look forward to just having thirty minutes of just uninterrupted time to just sit quiet. I would. I like that. I enjoy that. But when it wasn't my idea, it was God's idea. Like Joseph. When things are confusing, when you're cluttered, we got to get quiet before God. What Joseph was sorting out was he was deciding to play the long game of life. He had, I'm going to do the quick fix, I'm just going to take care of my business on the side nobody else will know Mary will go on I'll go on we all go on that was the quick fix God was getting him decluttered so he could decide you know I'm investing I need to invest in the long game of life what does that mean the long game of life decide to play the long game of life don't, don't settle in your life to hurry and fix things for just momentary, temporary times. Decide to dig your heels in and plant yourself and invest your life. Put your whole heart and soul in and not trying to live by quick fixes. 
trying to hustle here, hustle there, do this, do this, make this happen, make that happen. But quiet yourself before God. I think God would probably issue that challenge to all of us today is quiet yourself before Him and see what He would say. See what He would say. Because, hey, Joseph had every chance here to, to just really mess this whole thing up. And he removed clutter, got quiet before the Lord, and God answered him. And God opened the door for him and showed him the long-lasting plan, and it brought peace. So what did he do? Oh, he opened up his heart to God. He opened up his heart to God. You know, somebody has said this before, and we've mentioned it a few, a few, I've mentioned it a few times before, that if Satan can't get us to just outright sin, he will get us busy. He will keep us so busy that we don't think and we won't think and we won't remember and won't reflect on the right things. I just got to get busy. I just got to get doing this. I just got to be doing this. And if he can keep us busy, 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 then he knows. And Joseph had to get quiet, and he opened up his heart to God. Verse 20. You guys with me? If you want me to quit, just say quit. Anybody brave enough to tell a preacher to shut up? What would happen? I just wonder what would happen. I don't know what I would do. Maybe I would just be like, all right, fine, I'm done. See ya. Verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Joseph got quiet, and then Joseph decided, I'm going to open up my heart to what God's trying to say. So he considered this, and when he opened up his heart, God spoke to him in a dream. Spoke to him in a dream. You know, here's the thing. God doesn't twist our arm. He won't twist your arm, but he sure has a way about him to put his perfect plan right in front of us that will light a fire in our heart. He's not going to twist you, but he will put everything he can in front of you to get you to see there's more than what we have been able to experience thus far. There's more to this life than what we can make happen for ourselves. There is more. And Joseph was faced with this. And he opened up his heart to this right here. You know, God has put in every heart, Ecclesiastes said, eternity. 
He has put eternity in every heart. And depending on what we open up that eternity to will determine the kind of eternity we will have. If we open up that eternity in our heart to temporal, temporary pleasures of life, it'll end up leaving us with a sad eternity. But if we will open up that eternity that God's put in our heart to the will of God, it will leave us living a life and an eternity of peace. Of peace. And here's this angel in this dream speaking to Joseph as he got quiet and he considered. He opened his heart up to God. God, what you got to say now? What are you going to tell me? And he said, Joseph, I want you to know this dream, through this dream, there's this timeless, there's this ageless truth that exists that was prophesied over seven, about 700 years before now at the time of Joseph. 700 years ago, this man named Isaiah, this scribe that you can read from, prophesied about this moment. And I want you to know and be rest assured this is happening right now. For generations and generations, people have been waiting for the Messiah to come. And here he was coming. Yet, and they were waiting. And here he was coming, about to arrive. But he was going to arrive and mess up Joseph's plans. And here he was. Here he is. And he's like, you can trust this truth. You can trust this truth. Let me remind some of you today, you can trust what God has said to you before. You can trust his timeless, ageless truth that he has spoken to you in times past. The Lord had put somebody on my heart here recently to pray for, and, and I know this person was raised in, in, in church and raised in the Word, and, 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 just, and, and he just put them on my mind to just begin to pray for them. And so I began to do that, and, and I was praying for them earlier this week, and, and I was reminded to pray, let that person be reminded of all of the seeds of God's word that was ever planted and all spoke and, and spoken into their life. So let, the, let them remember that. Let it begin to churn in them because, and, and, and that what, what Isaiah, another one responsible for that, saying, hey, God's word will not return void. And I want to remind you of this today, folks, that whatever it is God has spoken to you and promised to you, he will remember it, but he also expects us to also remember it. And we got to remember what he said. We got to remember what he spoke. And I want to pray, and I just want to speak to you today, don't forget what God has said to you. Don't lose heart in that. It might have been a long time, 700 years, friends, Come on, think about that. 700 years they had to go on and on and on and on. No Messiah, no Messiah, no Messiah, no Messiah, no Messiah. And finally, 700 years broken just before that, 400 years of darkness and no prophetic words at the end of Malachi. And here a light is about to break forth. Here a voice is about to break through. God will come through with what he has said he will do. 700 years in this dream, as Joseph considered what, what this was about, he was opening up his heart to God. And you see, when we open our hearts to God and we just begin to accept it, peace will enter into our life. And it will revolutionize us. It will flat out change us when we open our hearts to the Lord 
He has a way of changing our life. He has a way of changing our life. This will be my 29th Christmas knowing Jesus. 29 years. My 29th Christmas as a believer, as born again. And I can still recall the very first day, the moment that I, that I came just crashing into the wave of his love. And his love just was cascading over my life 29 years ago. But how quick we forget that we are loved, not based on what we can do for him, but what he has done. Second O, Joseph obeyed God. Verse 24. So when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. You know, everything hinged on Joseph's obedience, and everything hinges on our obedience. The word obey doesn't necessarily mean altogether get everything right, but it has some deeper layers to that. It means to trust, it means to listen means to submit to and surrender to. Obey is not always about getting it right all the time as much as it is about hearing and about listening, about surrendering. And that's where Joseph found himself. To obey God meant I have to hear him. I have to listen to him. I have to yield my life to what he wants. You know, because the natural side of man wants to resist, wants to rebel, wants to do our own thing. That's what we want to do. We don't want nobody telling us what to do. And if you're hard-headed like me, you really don't want anybody telling you what to do. So obedience is not always about getting it right, and it's not always about having to understand. I have learning, I can't say I've learned this, I am learning this. Obedience is not about always having to understand it all up front in order to trust it. Because let's just face it, there's a lot of things we don't understand. But God says, do. And that's where Joseph found himself. He didn't understand it. I mean, come on, how, how could he truly, fully, realistically understand? Would we really understand what's going on? <laughs> In the time of culture, time of the way of society, I mean, you wouldn't even, they didn't have TikTok. This didn't have no little cute little dance and song to it. It didn't happen. They didn't want nobody to know. But Joseph realized, I'm going to do this even though I don't understand this. And so what Joseph was saying is, I'm going to trust. I'm just going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust God. Some of you are trying to work out things in your life. Right now, you've got conflicting crossroads going on in your life right now, and you're trying to sort it, and you're trying to figure it out, and you're trying to say, if I do this, I can do that. If I don't do that, I don't do that, and this will happen, and that will If I do, and you're trying to just sort it all out and conjunct a plan, create a plan. And God, right now, is, 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 is 
trying to get your attention to say, listen to my plan. You don't have to understand my plan. I'm just looking for you to open your life to me and trust me. The scary thing about that, when we trust God, we take our hands off. We take our hands off. But God, I know if I, I could do that. If you just give me that one opportunity to say this, he's like, no. Trust me means we take our hands off of this. But God, you gotta, you gotta give me a sign. I did. The sign is. But God, you gotta give me more to stand on here. I, I mean, I, I gotta know. I've given you the next step. And that next step is M, move forward. Move forward. But God, I'm scared. I know you're scared. God, I, I don't understand. I know you don't understand it. But God, if I, I feel like if I do that, how am I going to make this happen? You're not. I have a way of making things happen. Joseph moved forward. Look at it. The last verse, 25. Joseph did not have sexual relations with her, Mary, until her son was born. And after he was born, it said Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph named him. Joseph invested into his future. And the one who is his future is Jesus. The one who is our present and our future is Jesus. Joseph went all in. Said, all right. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Peter Stoner, the astronomer and the mathematician in 1958, said, hey, probability of one in 100 quadrillion chances of just eight of the 108 prophecies about Jesus coming would co could come to pass just by math. One with 17 zeros. So by man's standards, by human equations... By the most brilliant minds, Christmas was not supposed to happen. The birth of Christ was not supposed to happen. Think about it. If Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that Jacob did not get alone and wrestle with God and let God touch his hip and him limp for the rest of his life and him be humbled for the rest of his life and him make amends to his brother and his then his outcome would have been completely thrown off. This equation would have had to have been erased. He wouldn't have had 12 sons, one of them being Judah. If Judah wasn't born, many praise. David, the psalmist, the shepherd, the king, would not have come. David, had he not repented before God and about screwing his life up and messing everybody else's life up in the process, if he would have not got alone with God and opened his heart to the Lord and said, I trust you, God, now. Come, make me new. This is not the kind of person or king I want to be. This is not what I want people to say about me when I'm dead and gone. And guess what? People didn't say that about him when he was dead and gone. They said David had the heart after God's own heart. 
And David fulfilled his purposes for his generation that God created him for. Come on, if somebody could just say that about me when I'm dead and gone. He had a heart after God's own heart. He fulfilled the purpose that God had him on this planet for. That should be enough. Joseph moved forward. Question, what has you stuck today? Child of God, what has you stuck today? It's got you stuck in your stuff today. What's got you stuck? Addiction? Whatever kind. Fear? Does fear have you stuck? How about unforgiveness? Just can't, I can't, I just can't forgive, I can't forgive, no. How about offense? Worry? Does worry have you stuck? How about bitterness? Is bitterness, does it have you stuck? How about your temper? Does your temper get you stuck? How about your past? Does it have you stuck? I want to read this final verse. Paul wrote, Philippians 13. At a time when he had to get quiet with God, forced under house arrest, wrote many letters in the New Testament. Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I focus on this one thing. forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead I believe there are folks here today that you want to look ahead but you can't because you keep remembering your past you keep thinking and allowing yourself to think about all the mishaps all the missteps, all the miscues the regrets, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas Like, man, if this could have went, happened this way, that I wouldn't be here in this shape today. Joseph, man, if I wouldn't have met Mary at the corner market that day, doggone it. I wouldn't have been stricken with her beauty. I wouldn't have been mesmerized by her long hair. just wouldn't have engaged in a conversation at the tomato stand. If they wouldn't have sent me that Instagram message. Mm. If I wouldn't have followed them on TikTok. Anybody 60 and over like, what's TikTok? 
waste your time. Joseph, you know what? I feel better because I don't really get it and I don't understand it, but I trust you, Lord. You've never let me down. You've never really truly steered me in any wrong direction. And right now I'm faced with something that's pretty huge, pretty big, life-changing. If you want me to go for it, I'll go for it. I'll let Jesus in. I'll let Jesus in. Where you're sitting, if you could, bow your head. Folks watching online, if you're in a safe place, to bow your head if you would. It's going to ask, and then I'm going to pray. But today, I just feel compelled to ask the question. Who needs to let Jesus in? You've been running, you've been gunning, you've been hustling, you've been trying to hide, you've been trying. Jesus. If I just want to ask you to raise your hand, I will not embarrass you, I promise you. See the hand. Thank you so much. Maybe like Joseph, he was a follower of the way, in a way. He was a follower of of the law. But here he was, conflicted. I want to do this, but God, you're leaving that, and I'm torn. Because I just don't. going to let him have his way. And I'm going to to open up my heart. Maybe that's you today. You're a follower. You're a believer. But you're at a place where you're just confused. Overwhelmed chaos, overwhelmed with things that just don't make sense. But you want Jesus to be the center. Would you raise your hand? In just this last couple of minutes that we have today, I'm just going to ask you to stand. If Whether you raised your hand or not, I'm just going to ask everyone to stand. And especially if you raised your hand, I'm just sing this song as a prayer. That Jesus will be the king. And when you make him the king, he gets to be in charge. And when he's in charge, he knows what to do. All we have to do is 
trust, follow, move forward with him.